Hi, gorgeous. This is episode number 73, and I am so excited that we have the wonderful Laura Gassner Otting back today. Hi, this is Laura Gassner Otting, and you're listening to the Heart Cells podcast with Christine Schlonsky. I hope you enjoy. Well, I am so, so excited to have you back on Heart Cells podcast. Welcome, Laura. Hey, it's good to be back. Yeah, I loved our first conversation. I loved the money, um, the price, a value distinction, and everything we talked about. So if you have not listened to the conversation, go back to the other episode and tune in. And I'm so excited to continue um, this conversation with you. I'm the, so glad to be here. Yeah, so we, we, we talked about the services and how you also found... Um, the way to express your value, how to get paid and how to say no to opportunities if it's not aligned. Um, how do you deal this rejection yourself? Oh, you know, I think rejection is really hard and um, it's interesting. I was on the Today Show when the book first uh, was coming out and I was on the 10 o'clock hour and the 10 o'clock hour with, with Hoda and Jenna Bush Hager is, is mostly like a stay-at-home mom type audience. And I was told by the producers that ahead of time and that I should really like be soft and be gentle. And, you know, I'm often described when I get on stage as a, as a punch in the face wrapped in a warm hug. So I had to give much more warm hug and much less punch in the face. And so I did. I had soft hair, soft makeup. I covered, you know, my muscular arms with sleeves. I was wearing like an aubergine a colored dress. And, um, and, and, and it was great. It was a terrific segment. I, um, I was light. I was funny. I was friendly. And I, it was my first time doing live TV ever, my first interview for the book. And I was so delighted that I'd not thrown up all over myself, <laughs> actually, you know, knocked it out of the park, mostly, frankly, because they're such good interviews, interviewers that they just made it so easy. They made me look so good. I mean, I think I actually could have thrown up on myself and they would have just cut to camera too, kept talking and cleaned me up and cut back to me. Um, but I, I walked off of the stage feeling so good. And then 10 minutes later, I got an email from somebody saying, I loved you on the Today Show. You were articulate and funny and so, um, so ladylike. And then I went to your website and I read some of your blog posts and I felt like I was being assaulted by the foul language and shame on you. And you should really think about whether or not you can articulate your ideas without resorting to such terrible language. And it was it was really, it went on and on. It was a sermon. And I, um, and I sort of paused for a minute and I was like, oh no, she hates me. And then I realized she's just not my people and that's okay. There are plenty of other emails I got that day that were like, I loved you on the Today Show. And then I went to your website and I got even more inspired. Yeah. And we have a choice. We can listen to all the voices that say you're great. Or we can listen to that one voice that goes, I don't really know. I'm not really sure. And the problem is, is that we give that one voice so much more weight. And frankly, we give votes in our lives to people who shouldn't even have voices. And that includes the voice in our own head too, which is often the loudest. That's the one that's like playing the tape back there nonstop about that one woman. So uh, there's plenty of rejection. I'm, I'm sitting in this place right now where I've gotten, you know, like 25 reviews on amazon.com. Mostly they're my dad and my friends <laughs> reviewing the book. And I'm just waiting for that one review that just eviscerates me. Like I know it's coming. 
And I just have to live in a place where I go, okay, so I'm not for them. There's 8 billion other people on the planet. Maybe I'll be for them instead. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, I had an episode with um, Andrea Waltz um, on Heart Says Podcast, and we were talking about her book and that she got a really bad review. And she usually, she said she wouldn't answer, but she felt inspired to ask why. And then it ended up that the person actually apologized because he hadn't really paid attention when reading. Yes. <laughs> and so it turned out to be like a four stars something so um and i'm i'm also a believer like when you focus on things like this they will show up (laughs) it's true and i will say for i have gotten some emails from people that have been a little bit negative and the ones who i have you know i have an assessment online at limitlessassessment.com where people can go and they can take a a quiz that tells them a little bit about whether or not they're in consonants and what's stopping them where they're stuck and some changes they can make and the quiz takes about 10 or 15 minutes it's about 60 questions and it's got some pretty catalyzing questions which can make people a little bit uncomfortable if I'm asking questions about things that are you know things that you haven't really wanted to change but maybe you know have kind of been the problem and I I did get an email from somebody saying I took limitlessassessment.com I took your quiz and I hated it and I already know that I'm miserable in my job and all your quiz did was rub it into my face and I felt so terrible about that. And I wrote her back and I said, I'm really sorry that my quiz made you feel that way. I, I, I take it to heart what you said and I'll look at some of the language and see if maybe that's the issue. But I know that in my book, the lessons that I teach will help you dig deeper and maybe make some of those changes. I'd love to send you a copy for free. Because that cost me like five bucks, right? Like, why not? I don't know who this person is. She's a school teacher somewhere in the Midwest. I don't know if she has a, a, a network or a community or a megaphone or anything. But I just was like, you know what? She took a chance on me. She took some time. I'm going to send this to her. And I sent her back that email. And she wrote back the next day and said, I got your email. I can't believe you took the time to write back to me. I haven't been able to reply to your email because I've been trying to think of a way to say, I'm sorry. And I probably wouldn't have apologized. I probably wouldn't have replied in as nice of a way that as you did. And I really appreciate it. And thank you. Here's my address for the book. And it, yeah. it, all that it did was it diffused for me the noise that she would have had in my head otherwise. You know, there's a guy yeah. named Jay Bear who wrote a book called Hug Your Haters. And that's just kind of what I've been doing. I've just been hugging my haters. And anybody who lashes out at me is doing it because they're in a place of pain. And I seem to be the person who has it all figured out. And when you're in a place of pain, that's really annoying. (laughs) So, you know, I don't want to be that person for people. And if there's anything that I can do, maybe that's what I'll do. And maybe it'll, it'll, it'll work. And even with this woman with the foul language, I actually wrote back to her and I was like, oh, I'm curious what you read on the site because, you know, I drop a few F-bombs here and there, but mostly it's, you know, much lighter fare than that, but it's pretty aggressive um, in terms of the way that I write pretty aggressively. And so I was just sort of curious. And it turns out that the page that she found most offensive used the word hell and damn. And that was it. Like those were the two words. So they weren't like, they wouldn't set your hair on fire. And it just made me think, well, should I keep writing that way? Should I not write that way? What's my voice? And it just really helped me to say, this is my voice and this is what I believe. And if this is how I write and if this is impacting people in a way that resonates with them and I can connect with them, then I, it just gives me all the more reason to just 
super own my voice, but it doesn't mean I have to be a jerk about it. I can still engage with those individuals. I don't have, I, I think ignoring them, it doesn't quiet the noise in my head of them. So I engage with them and then they normally write back and we have a great conversation and it's, it's pretty terrific. Yeah. You know, you should talk, have you talked to a guy named Jia Jing? No, I haven't. Uh, J-A- J-I-A is the first name, J-I-A-N-G, Jia Jing. And he did a TEDx, um, a, a TED talk about rejection. It's called 100 Days of Rejection. And he actually... Um, for a hundred days, intentionally put himself in a place where he would be rejected. Like he would go to McDonald's and you know, you get like free refills on your drink. He'd walk up to the counter and be like, I'd like a refill on my burger, please. Or he'd walk up to like random people on the street and ask to borrow a hundred dollars. Like absolutely ways to get rejected. And it's a great talk about rejection and what you can learn from just being rejected over and over and over again. So I would encourage you to, to watch that and um, you should have him on your show. He's really terrific. Okay. Yeah, cool. I will definitely look into that. And I, I love the way how you in, engage with um, those people. There's a saying that goes, hurt people, hurt people. Yes. And I believe that if somebody really takes their precious time to complain about you. And they're in a lot of pain. Ignoring, they're in a lot of pain. And by the way you responded, I can really see that, you know, that might have helped in their pain to get out of it or to at least take the first step into a direction that feels much better. So I would definitely say, um, you know, considering having a help, giving a helping hand um, is something really nice to do. Yeah. And for the most part, I mean, this cost me $5, but for the most part, it costs us nothing. I mean, it took me five, it cost me $5 and 30 seconds of my time. And it, it's, I, I love that expression, hurt people, hurt people. I always say that people in desperate situations do desperate things. And oh. I just, I, I, most of the people are shocked that I reply. Usually I get an email back saying, I can't believe you actually replied to me. I think people just think it's anonymous. They just reply to an email or they tweet something or they put a comment on Facebook and they don't realize there's someone on the other end who's going to feel the impact of that blow. And I think when you reply to it, they, it, like your friend with the, um, with the, with the book review, suddenly that person was diffused and had to consider their behavior and in fact change their behavior because of it. And I think it's okay to call people out sometimes when they're not being humane. Oh, definitely. I think it's, to- it's totally okay. I mean, you have to stand for your values and um, for your message and it's not for everybody. And you have to protect your own heart because no yeah. one else is going to. Yeah, so agree. So what, what do you do when you actually have a bad day? Do you have any strategies <laughs> that you use to get out of it? Yeah. Um, I like to remind myself that it's temporary, right? This too will pass. Um, you know, I talk a lot about failure. Uh, and the truth is that as grown-ups, we get hired and paid and promoted and praised to live right in the center of our excellence. Step to the left, you're going to fail. Step to the right, you're going to fail. And our kids actually do exactly the opposite, right? Like our kids spend all day long on the very bleeding edge of their incompetence. You figured out algebra, it's time for trigonometry. Figure out trigonometry, here comes calculus, right? I mean, they never stay in one place long enough to wallow in their greatness. They're constantly being pushed to move. And so, you know, we as adults define a bad day as failing at something, when something doesn't go the way we plan. And I like to think of failure not as finale, but really as fulcrum. 
And I like to really embrace those fulcrum moments. Like, you know, was I perfect on stage? No. What can I learn from it? Lots. And let's keep going. I can either wallow in the things I did wrong, or I could say, okay, that joke didn't land, or I didn't spend long enough letting the audience give me the virtual hug in that area, or I moved the slide too quickly. Um, I could either say, God, I really sucked today, or I could say, you know, I did 85%. Now I know what to work on to master the other 15% next. And, you know, sometimes that takes... Um, ice cream. Sometimes that takes scotch. Sometimes that takes a good, hard, sweaty workout. It, it just, sometimes it takes something to like get the endorphins moving again so that I can get out of the funk and, mm. and, and get into the, the, um, the positive piece of it. But I think it's a mindset. I think, I think misery is contagious and I think joy is also contagious. And so I try to remind myself that it's temporary. I try to remind myself that failure is not finale, that it's fulcrum. I try to get myself out of the funk. And if none of that works for me, I try to surround myself with people who I know have my back and have my best at heart because they're the ones who will refocus me when I need to. Mm, love it. Plus you do some workout. I think that's that's something that's often overlooked. Well, at least that's true for me. <laughs> that I'm thinking, like, well, you know, if I actually would move my body, then I would feel much better because that I can release that energy. Yeah, I think we're always one workout away from a better mood because it just yeah. literally your brain chemistry changes. Like even if you were desperate and want to stay in a bad mood, you have to fight against the endorphins. You have to fight against your brain chemistry changing. And even if you just move your body for ten minutes, it's something. Yeah. And it helps a ton. Yeah, definitely. Like or like breathing, like a breathing exercise. Because when you're really upset that, you know, I kind of stop breathing fully, which doesn't support the situation at all. Yeah. And for some people, like for me, it's like a high energy, intense workout. For other people, it may be meditation, but it's just something that changes the way that you are sitting in your body at that moment. Yeah. Love it. I mean, the, the best antidote to, to a rut is, is action, some yeah. kind of action, something. So do something. Yeah. Great. So what, do you have also a strategy like when you feel stuck? Is that the same that you do like a workout or that you... Well, stuck in what way? Um, well, you know, maybe like the day where you have too many lists on your to too many things on your to-do list where you already feel overwhelmed just looking at it and um do do you have those moments or have you moved past them <laughs> yeah so the very best and also hardest to take piece of personal and professional advice i ever got was this you're just not that important and that was pretty hard piece of advice to get because at the time I was growing my business. I was growing my family. I was involved in several boards in my community. I was, I was really important to all those things. It turns out I wasn't actually all that important. And I was so busy being busy mm. and I was so busy in the action that I didn't take time to think about the impact. 
And I think that that happens to a lot of us where we get so overwhelmed by the busy and the exhaustion doesn't really come from being too busy. The being stuck doesn't really come from being too busy. I think it comes from the time in between the busy where we're like code shifting and costume changing to go from being the internal person to the external person or the work person to the family person or whatever it may be. Um, and so I, whenever I look at my life and I go, oh my God, there are literally not enough hours in the day to do all the things I need to do, I ask myself, well, where am I that important? Because I want to double down there. Mm-hmm. And all the things where I'm not that important, the can I pick your brains and the you got a minute and the could you just take a look at, I ignore them. And honestly, they usually find someone else because it turns out I'm just not that important. I love, I love that advice. Thank you so much for sharing it because it's so often, do you have a minute or can you have a look? Um, I pick your brain. It's like, can I steal some of your time for free? Yeah. No, thank you. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. What's, what's your reply? Is it, is it no thank you? Do you ignore them? Like what, what does a good way to get out of that? (laughs) Because I know that a lot of, a lot of people suffer from that because once you have something that other people want, then you get requests all the time, right? Yeah, you do. I think a lot of the times we get requests, though, not because we have been headhunted as the most uh, important and vital person. I think we get asked because we're the closest proximate heartbeat or we're the first person somebody thought of. And um, there's a couple things, you know, like the drive-by, bake sale, chairmanship, sucker punch of an ask. We just are the chairman, the chairwoman of our bake sale, just she, she, her father's going to emergency surgery. She can't do it. Can you? And all of a sudden their emergency becomes your emergency. I believe that no was a complete sentence. Oh, yes. No, I'm sorry. I can't do that at this time. That's it. And people look at you like, what? And then you feel the need to give all these excuses because they're so stunned. And then if you just go, but have a great day, I hope you find, I know you'll find somebody and you leave, you're done. That's it. You don't have to get like, you don't have to make them feel better. No is a complete sentence. There are people in your life to whom you are that important and causes for which you are that important and projects that need you. And if you are not, if you are spending your time getting sucker punched by the bake sale, last minute problem, you're actually not showing up for the people who need you the most. Mm. Because when you walk out of that school, the next mom who walks in the door is going to get asked the same question. Hey, the chairwoman's dad is having emergency surgery. Can you, you're not that important. They'll find someone else. They always do. So I believe number one, no is a complete sentence. Um, if I can say yes to the bake sale, of course I'm going to, but I'm not going to do it just because I happen to be the first person who dropped my kids off that day. Um, the second thing is that when somebody approaches me and I want to help them, but I just don't have time, Right now, I write back and I say, I would love to help you. I'm completely slammed for the next three weeks. Please ping me back. I'd love to help you then if it's still important, you know, if it's, if, it's, if it's still needed. If it's an emergency, and obviously I'll drop things and I'll help them, but I can't always do that. And usually it's not that much of an emergency. Most of the time, they don't write me back three weeks from them because they found someone else to solve their problem. Someone else looked at the resume. Somebody else answered their question that they probably could have Googled. Somebody else was there. Somebody else gave them the recipe for a green bean casserole. Whatever the thing is that they need, somebody else was able to help them. Awesome. Great. It didn't have to be, I wasn't that important. And then when they come back to me in three weeks, it's like, okay, absolutely. I promised you I'd be here. I'm here for you right now. Times are, are better. Um, then the last thing is... Um, I think that it's okay to say, I'm actually not the right person for this. 
I don't know enough about that question. I don't have enough time. I don't have the right network. I am, there is someone who is better and you should think about asking this person or this person or this person. Goodbye. Yeah. That's fine too. So you yeah. don't have to be the solution to everyone's problem. Yeah. And I, I think that's something that um, we women suffer from because we, we always want to nurture, maintain, we want the harmony, the peace, but also the freedom and, you know, do what we desire. So I think that was really, really valuable and um, provides lots of good ideas. And yeah, I learned uh, a while ago that no is a complete sentence. And I just love that expression as well. Yeah. And if people feel badly about saying no, then yeah. they can say yes. Would you, can you help me with this? Yes. And I can do it in three weeks. That's fine too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it. I just love it. Well, let people know where they can find you because uh, um, I mean, I will have everything in the show notes as well, but um, you, you have your book on Amazon um, in the bookstores so people can really go for it and have a deep dive which I highly, highly recommend. Yes. Yeah, so I am on all the socials at Hey L G O. So like waving, Hey L G O. And then um, my website is Hey L G O.com. A lot of the stuff we talked about is in my in different blog articles on my, on my website. And of course the book limitless, how to ignore everybody, carve your own path and live your best life is on amazon.com, Barnes and Noble, um, 800 CEO reads and anywhere good books are sold. Love it. Thank you so, so much for all the wisdom you shared, uh, your wonderful energy. I had a lot of fun. And um, yeah, I hope really people follow that advice and I'm sure that their lives will be changed. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a great conversation. Um, have a great day. You too. Bye. Well, I had so much fun with this interview, especially the rejection part, which seems to be so difficult for all of us, no matter if we are already great in sales or not that great or whatever it is, rejection seems to be a challenge for every human being on this planet. So I hope you got a lot of wonderful ideas out of this interview and ways how to see rejection, how to handle rejection so that it makes your life easier. Hop on over to christineschlonsky.com. You find there the podcast tab, Heart Cells Podcast, with Laura's wonderful episodes and also the transcript, the show notes, the key points, as well as the wonderful resources, which one of them is her amazing book, Limitless. And I highly recommend that you have a read and also make sure to give her a rating on Amazon because that is what we all need and desire to get some feedback about the work we are doing in this world. Um, last but not least, if you are over at christineschlonsky.com and you have not yet signed up for the Sales Mentality Makeover Masterclass, I highly recommend you being part of it. It's a free online event where I gather 20 amazing experts that share their wisdom with you in regards to sales, mindset, money, and wealth creation. And they will give you spiritual and practical steps how you can increase your sales and create true wealth without losing your authenticity. And the amazing news is it's a free event. We are starting on May 15th. So don't 
miss it and tune in. There will be each day new episodes um, released so that you can take your business and life to the next level. Thank you so much for being here. Have a wonderful day wherever you are in this beautiful world. And I'm saying bye for now. Bye.